Hello everyone, and welcome to Chapter Brothers. My name is Nick Ackerman. And my name is Kevin Ackerman. And today we're going to continue on with our discussion of the Oracle in the Mountain. Um, last time we got to um, Roland's mescaline trip and mm-hmm. his Oracle reading, uh, which was quite foreboding. Exactly, yeah. She gave him some prophecy, <laughs> but it was not what he wanted to hear. Prophecy is hardly ever what anybody wants to hear you know exactly that's that's the problem with the the whole practice anytime that you're seeking out some sort of supernatural guidance it's always going to be a little bit of a double-edged sword like he found oh, out yeah. yeah he found out that there's going to be this three that he's following and but unfortunately the boy is his gate to the dark to the man in black and the man in black is his gate to the three and the three is his way to the tower so I think mm-hmm. that seems to be the overall yeah. gist of it. Yeah. I, I appreciate you uh, rehashing that for me because I was, I was, I was thinking about that before I was like, Oh, what is, what was it exactly? Yeah. The chain. Uh, of- but but the, the really sad thing is that, Oh man, I'm worried about Jake. I know. I, again, I, I haven't read this guys. I, I'm going along with you as, as we go through this whole thing. And, um, I hope Jake's going to do well, but I'm I'm worried for our friend Jake. <laughs> it's true, yeah. The, the the everything is getting a little bit darker and a little bit more, you know, more foreboding, more suspenseful for poor Jake. Mm-hmm. Well, so uh, after um, Roland met with the Oracle, uh, came back to the campsite, and um, I believe where we left off was uh, you're sick. Right. Precisely. Yeah. So we're not. I've never taken mescaline, so I'm not really sure how fast it goes through your system or anything. So it's either he's the drugs are wearing off or maybe just he's kind of still feeling revulsion about the whole transaction that just occurred. But either way, Roland is not in good shape. (laughs) Well, he's he's coming down from a couple things. It's it's not just the mescaline. It's also uh, I don't know. Was the Oracle actually a corporeal being because he just had sex with her too yeah. so he's you know had probably a lot of sex with that oracle it seemed like Very she true. wanted it exactly <laughs> yeah she wanted much more than he was willing to give yeah but so, you know he he needed information and right really i need information right now this is true so <laughs> as we <clears throat> Start up for this week. Uh, Jake, you know, runs to the gunslinger's side, and we've got our first grammatical change here. Just changing uh, the. Let's see. We've got two sentences in a row that start with the word Jake. So 2003, Stephen King is like, ah, we could toss a pronoun in there and call it he'd been huddled by the by the ruins of the tiny fire fire instead of just Jake had been. Um, So, yeah, he's still holding on to that jawbone for dear life. And the let's see. Oh, and our second change. We've got a subtraction here. Uh, Now he ran toward the gunslinger with a look of distress that made Roland feel the full ugly weight of a coming betrayal and then but in the original version it said one he sensed might only be the first of many so if anything Ooh. yeah if anything it's slightly less foreboding than the original version the 2003 Stephen <laughs> King is like okay let's let's take it easy <laughs> <laughs> 
Oh, interesting. So mm. he took out some some of the uh, some more king shadowing. Yeah, I, I mean I, it's pretty heavy. Yeah, very heavy already. stuff. <laughs> That's true. Poor innocent Jake. Like, he was uh, killed by a, in a car crash, and now finds himself in the desert. This this one savior that he thought was going to help him now he doesn't even trust him anymore. So mm. indeed, yeah, the, the alabaster uh, statue, right? Exactly, yeah. In response, uh, the gunslinger says, no, just tired. Uh, Let's see. In the new version, it says, no, just tired, whipped. And then in the original, it just said, I'm whipped. So kind of a potato, potato, no real reason for a change. Um, Gestured for the jawbone. In the new version, it says, you can let go of that, Jake. But in the old version, it said, you could throw that away. Again, just sort of, it feels like a change for the sake of change, so mm, don't really see very much significance there. Do you think, I mean, we've talked about this many times before, but it's just, are these changes just to be like, oh, this is a new book, so you should buy it. There's a slightly different. Yeah, there's a few changes (laughs) uh, in the coming sections that I think there's there's one part where there's literally, like, one subtraction on, like, two pages in a row, which makes me think that it's really just for the sake of calling it a new book, and there has to be a change on every page. Once a a page, you gotta do a a change. Gotta do something, yeah. But. Hey, speaking of a change, Kev, I just thought of something sure. uh, that I didn't do in the beginning, beginning of the episode. Is 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 our Stephen King trivia? Oh yeah, we we totally lost track of that. But yes, Stephen King trivia. Go for it. I I didn't. I was like, oh crap, I forgot. But now I remembered. So just random trivia question. Speaking of changes, Stephen King has written under two different pen names. Do you know them? Ooh, I definitely know the one of uh, Richard Bachman. The second one. Mm-hmm. Ooh. Oh, now I'm trying to think. I don't even know. Yeah, you're going to have to tell me. Yeah, if you don't know, you don't know. I, yeah. I didn't know. It's uh, John Swithin. Hmm, is that recent or when was that? I don't know. Uh, maybe this what this website isn't quite factual but uh <laughs> it said richard bachman and john swithin so it's probably one he did uh, more recently I'd assume. Ah, okay so apparently he wrote under the pen name of john swithin when he uh wrote the fifth quarter which is a short story that appears in Nightmares and Dreamscapes. Originally, that was in the April 1972 issue of Cavalier. Huh. So that was actually long before The Gunslinger, before even, uh, before Carrie. So oh, hmm. Before Richard Bachman was even a thing either. Very true. Yeah, Richard Bachman was... Uh, oh, interesting. Yeah, there's a whole story with Richard Bachman, yeah. Um, <laughs> there, there's a few different editions of the story of Richard Bachman, but the first one that I ever heard was that Stephen King made a bet with his publisher that, you know, they're not, people are, they're only buying books because he's famous bestseller Stephen King, and that if he was starting over fresh, then people wouldn't necessarily, like, buy them, and Stephen King thought Uh. that, you know, he wanted his books, just the (laughs) the writing to stand for itself. 
It's a challenge accepted. Precisely. <laughs> if there's anything Stephen King loves, it's a writing challenge. So he uh-huh. wrote it. Yeah, he started writing a few different books under the pen name of Richard Bachman. He got a little bit of it, his own uh, fan base going. And it wasn't anywhere near Stephen King levels, but, you know, respectable for uh, uh, starting up a uh, writer. And mm-hmm. let's see there. There's four short books that I remember. Um, The Long Walk, uh, The Running Man, which was turned into the movie by, with uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger. Exactly. That was a Steve, uh, Richard Bachman uh, book. uh, Richard Dawson. Richard Dawson, yeah, exactly. Richard Dawson and Arnold Schwarzenegger. Uh, Then, let's see, there was a third one. It was Ray, The Long Walk, The Running Man. I forget. I know... I have this uh, this book called the Bachman books, and it's got four of them in there. Um, there's another one, the- uh, thinner, that was another movie. That, oh, thinner, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> and well, that's so cool. Yeah, but the but it's just so interesting to know that like somebody can um, be like, I could be a great writer and not let people know who I am through my writing, mm. you know, like, like, like I'm going to do a different book or a different series. And, and you won't even know that it's Stephen King. Because I think, uh, Mark Twain, right. Didn't he, he was a big uh, pen name guy. Well, I mean, Mark well, Twain is a pen name. Samuel Clemens. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Samuel Clemens <laughs> is his real name. Mm-hmm. But there's more people. I mean, it's just interesting to see that, uh, creators can create new things that are not necessarily, uh, uh, noticed by their fans right away. You Very know? true. It's just like this is ju- this is just good fiction. Period. You know, mm. but, it's not um, about the name. Oh, totally. And the the one book that is uh, Stephen King actually took out of print is called Rage, and it's basically about a uh, school shooting. And kid who goes in oh. with a gun, shoots his teacher, takes the entire class hostage. Uh, I forget exactly how it ends, but I don't know if he kills any of the students, but I know he kills the teacher. And oh, apparently, yeah, yeah, apparently there were there were like some copycats after it came out. So and then after Columbine and everything, he voluntarily took it off the shelves. He so t- he took it away. Exactly. So yeah. the on- the only editions of Rage you can find are used. So there's no more uh, reprintings of that anymore um yeah rage the long walk it's 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 unfortunate that we we can't just create any fiction that we'd like because we're worried about what other people might do because i mean that's a lot of stephen king's writings as we know are what i called horror or thriller or i don't even know what the best way to describe it is but um it, it, it runs the risk of copycats, I guess, True. is 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 the problem, you know, um, and being a teacher, obviously, that that actually triggered me a little bit. But like, you know, whatever. Um, it's just a piece of fiction. Well, you know? but but Come that's but that's the thing, though. I feel like whenever you create any form of art, whether it's a song or a book or a movie, you you do want it to cause some change in the world. But you never actually know what other people are going to do with with things that you created. Like I'm sure the um, catch, catcher, <laughs> catcher in the rye. In the rye. Exactly what I was going to say. Yep. Yeah, catcher in the rye. Uh, <laughs> um, 
what is his name? I forget. Uh, Mark the David author. Chapman. Uh, the author is J.D. Yes, Salinger. J.D. Salinger, exactly. Yeah, J.D. Salinger. Uh, he had, I, I'm sure he must have, uh, well, I mean, I know he was a notorious hermit, so I feel like he might be the kind of author who would just be like, it's just a book, don't don't read anything into it. But, I mean, who, uh, I, I'm sure hearing that the person who killed John Lennon was, uh, you know, obsessed with his book must have, must have hurt his feeling, must have hurt him deeply, yeah. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, oh. it's all, it, it, so the creator, like, just it, real quick, and then we'll move on. Yeah, but, sure. uh, Albert Einstein, Albert Einstein uh, basically created uh, atomic theory and the, everything that was created from the atomic bomb. And he, he felt awful about yeah. what he created. Mm. <laughs> and, like, what he created was theoretical, and then it became actual. So, exactly. I'm sure so, he was... Sometimes that, yeah, I'm sure he was thinking, like, nuclear power, and then the U.S. turned around and made it into a bomb. Yeah. My God, what have I done? I, exactly. I think that was what his his, uh, his quote after yeah. uh, Hiroshima, you know? Mm. Look upon <laughs> my works, you mighty in despair. Mm-hmm. Mm. Anyway. Indeed. Um, but yeah, so we're then... Just talking about, we're just talking about fiction. Talking fiction, exactly. <laughs> so, yeah, so then... Um, talking fiction. Ooh, uh, a P.S. to the Richard Bachman story. So there were those four books, oh, yeah. Rage, The Long Walk, uh, The Running Man, and one that I uh, forgot about was called Roadwork, but that one was never really my favorite of the uh, Bachman selection. Then after that, I think... Uh, I forget if it was like a piece of fan mail or if somebody in the publishing house uh, like slipped up or something and so, like basically somebody uh, sent a letter to Stephen King say, asking like, are you Richard Bachman? And Stephen King was like, ah, oh, well, I guess the cat's out of the bag. So mm -hmm. uh, kind of let it out that he was Richard Bachman and published two other books uh, in the follow in the years later. The, the one like kind of just afterwards was... Uh, thinner that I think he may have even you know did the little like uh, you know one of the best books I've ever read uh, like uh, little quotes on the uh, front cover uh, because Stephen King is snarky <laughs> like that um, and then and then like wait, wait, it's, it's one of the books I've ever read by Stephen King <laughs> exactly yeah <laughs> that's great um, that's awesome and then then like years later in the 90s uh, no, no, no. It was the 80s. Uh, he wrote a book called The Dark Half, which was about a author who his the books that he writes under his actual name are like this flowery prose and it's, you know, uh, Pulitzer Prize winning stuff. But the stuff he writes under a pseudonym is this really dark and gritty and violent horror stuff. And then his, mm. you know, he makes this whole press release about, you know, he's killing his pseudonym and stuff. And he has like a whole photo spread with the cemetery. But then because it's a Stephen <laughs> King book, Book, the pseudonym comes to life and the two of them like battle against each other and stuff so oh wow um yeah. I, I i need to read more stephen king oh oh really. definitely stephen king is uh, <laughs> like seriously the as i have, have gone through and uh rereading some of the my old favorites like he absolutely my favorite author bar none uh, just so consistently great. Uh, and mm -hmm. I feel like he improves uh, by leaps and bounds with almost every book. I can't get over yeah. it. But, um, oh yeah, in, in the 90s, he did write another uh, book. Well, there was a sort of a 
side by side like like two books uh, called Desperation and The Regulators, and it was almost like sort of like an alternate universe kind of thing where. The like the, there would be a lot of the characters would have the same names in both books, but they would be doing entirely different things. So one was written oh, by cool. Stephen King, the other was written by uh, Richard Bachman. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Huh. I'll I'll check. What's that called again? Uh, let's see. It's Desperation is the Stephen King one, and The Regulators is the Richard Bachman one. So yeah, definitely check nice. those out. I love those. Nice. We'll do. You too listeners okay back to our regularly scheduled program (laughs) back to the gunslinger sorry (laughs) (laughs) you know how we do love a tangent uh yeah yeah so yeah let's see so not sick Um, just tired i'm whipped you can let go of that uh so yeah a, a few of the changes thus far in this chapter are definitely uh 19 uh 82, I guess, Stephen King had a lot of, Jake did this, Jake did this, Jake did this. So, another one where he changes it from Jake to the boy, threw it down quickly. Uh, In the original, it was Jake threw it quickly. But what he threw was the jawbone. Exactly, yeah. He was was clinging to that while uh, Roland was at at the Circle of Stones. Exactly. His his one magic item that he was hoping could protect him. And then once uh, the gunslinger said, you can get rid of it, Jake was like, ah, this is a disgusting, gross jawbone. And he rubbed his hands (laughs) on his shirt. Uh, So we got an addition here. His upper lip rose and fell in a snarl that was, the gunslinger believed, perfectly unconscious. So just adding a little bit more Mm. visual uh, descriptions of sort of how Jake is kind of revulsed, if that's a word. Disgusted. Exactly. Yeah, but, yeah. So let's see. Yeah, we go on. Gunslinger sits down. His crotch pulsed with a dull ache. So definitely he's been he's been ridden yeah. hard. Uh, let's see. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the Oracle was in, in need of some loving. Indeed. Yeah, I mean, who knows how many yeah. decades, if not centuries, the it had been since anybody went into that uh, circle. So is is was the Oracle like an immortal being? That's or what I think. Like, yeah, I feel like. Okay. Yeah, I feel like she's some sort of a. Like a demon or a prophet or something that's not really human, so somehow she's uh, just sort of stuck there. Like maybe she was, you know, imprisoned there by some sort of uh, ancient wizards or something. Who knows? Uh, that that yeah. that's another thing that I love about this story is there's so much like, oh yeah, there's that thing over there that we'll never see again that has this weird backstory of its own. But that's real life. You know, you walk back by things every day that you have no idea what their story is. That's what fan fiction is for, right? Precisely. Gotta, like, what is what is that backstory there? Mm. <laughs> it's true. Yeah. As, I, as we're doing this, like, super close read, uh, I'm really appreciating this book so much more. Like, for years, <laughs> I always thought that this was my least favorite of the series. But now I think it might. It, it's definitely climbing in the ranks. It, it's at least number three or four. Oh, so it gets better. Nice. Oh yeah. Oh, I mean, so much I, better. I, I can't wait to get to the next one. I know. Drawing of the <laughs> drawing of the three is going to be so great. Uh, but yes. it's so confusing that the second one is called Drawing of the Three. I know. I'm like, oh, okay. Mm-hmm. I've got to. <laughs> anyway, it's true. Yeah, he was doing a little bit of uh, sort of the Last Jedi, but yet it's the second to last movie, <laughs> uh, or the Last Jedi was doing him really. <laughs> oh, oh, good point. Good point. Oh my goodness! So, uh, so, yeah. so Tolkien did it. Tolkien did it right. Website. The Two Towers, second book. Back at the campsite. 
Yes. Yeah. So yeah, at the uh, campsite, let's the, see. The Empire Strikes Back is <laughs> indeed. In any case, so yeah, uh, at the campsite, uh, you know, sits down, rolls a cigarette, and the so in. Here we've got another case of Stephen King having come up with some more vocabulary for the later Dark Tower books that he's retconning into the original. So he says, in the new ver- well, in the original, it said, um, the gunslinger had a sudden impulse to tell him what he had learned, then thrust away the idea with horror. But in the new version, it says he had a sudden impulse to speak to the boy Dan Din after telling him all he had learned. And then thrust away the idea with horror. So basically, da, yeah, Dim? yeah, D A N hyphen D I N H. So let's go back to to an old uh, standby. Mm. What do you think that means, based on oh, context? Well, uh, he, he sat next next to him, Don Dim, like, um, like focused and like seriously. I don't know. Mm. I mean. Or, 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 a fa- Effectively, yeah. No, no, no. Go ahead. Like it feels—it feels like an adjective. Like, like, like he—he he sat down with with this feeling. Um, no, in a way. Wait, wait, sit, sit. Uh, mm. the gunslinger had a sudden impulse to speak to the boy Don Din after telling him all he had learned. Was there a comma after the boy, Don Dim? No, no, no comma. No, no. So, yeah, it just sounds like his attitude when he's talking to the boy. He's going to speak it, speak to him Don Dim. I'm going to speak to you like like a man, like like a like face-to-face, or, or maybe the opposite. I don't know. Because he doesn't really tell him what's, what, he, what the oracle said. True. Because that would freak, freak Jake out. In a way, <laughs> um, do you want me to tell you, or do you want to wait? Mm. I'd rather wait. Okay, actually. we'll wait on it. <laughs> so, <clears throat> is it is it gonna, is it going to be resolved like soon or? Uh, later books. Um. Yeah. Yeah. No, no. Don't tell me. Don't tell me. Fair enough. Okay. He's, he's gonna <clears throat> he's gonna speak to him. Don Doom. Mm. So effectively, you picked it up from context, like what it what it what it means i guess that he's gonna kind of talk to him seriously and kind of let him into his confidence kind of yeah Yeah, Uh, face to face yeah um he wondered if a part of him mind or soul might not be disintegrating and then we've got another addition to opens to open one's mind and heart to the command of a child the idea was insane so I guess that's kind of what the book is implying Don Din means, sort of to so, kind of communicate one to another and sort of fully respectfully, like, you know, ask for almost the bo- almost ask for Jake's, uh, you know, thoughts on the idea as well. Hmm. Oh, actually, to open one's mind and heart to the command of a child. So I guess what he's saying is he's letting Jake tell him what to do. Yeah. Oh. yeah, that that's that's what I got from it too. It's, yeah, it's, I mean, have you ever done that? Like, like talk to a kid and be like, "Look, this is how it, this is how it is. What do you think of this? You yeah. know, this is this is this is an adult thought, and you're a child. Mm. So, what, what do you think? 
I mean, I've, it, it, to me, that's my favorite things to say to, to children as a teacher, you know, is like, mm. look, these, these are some adult concepts. But what do you what do you think as, as a 14 year old, you know? Yeah. Or how old is Jake again? 11? 11. Yeah. 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 That's that's a good point. I mean, I, I don't think I mean, also, I'm not a teacher, don't have any kids. So most of my interaction with little kids is just sort of like playing on holidays or whatever. Nephews. Yeah, nephews. Exactly. But, so it's still. Yeah. yeah. They, never really they, having they like deep it. conversations with them, I guess. Um, uh, I've, I've talked to little CJ a bunch and he's smarter than you, you, you think. Oh, you know? definitely. Like all, yeah. all of our, our nephews are, are wise beyond their little years, but they're still, they're kids. Yeah, you know? that's true. Like they, and also, this is a different world than it was when Jake was a child listening mm. to Kiss. Exactly, yeah. Um, <laughs> Yeah, the the world of nowadays with the internet and texting and all sorts of things, the kids are exposed to much more than uh, Jake and even New York City Jake uh, was exposed to. Even the gunslinger was exposed to. He doesn't mm. know anything. Oh, totally. You know? yeah. like, and and we'll, we'll realize that as we go on um, that, like, <laughs> the gunslinger doesn't know just as much as Jake doesn't know, you know? so Very true. Because yeah. he's, he's come, he comes from a far begotten land or whatever and what sorry i've read to the end of the of the oracle in the mountain and um well anyway we'll save that for 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 the next (laughs) session yeah but you're right we should just uh go forward as as we are uh, yeah so maybe he should build up the fire yeah, so let's see. Um, oh, yeah, a couple of grammatical changes there. Uh, do, do we sleep here tonight? Uh, yeah, we in the original, it just splits it up with a the gunslinger said that he took out in the new version, which I agree with. Uh, tomorrow we climb as opposed to tomorrow we start climbing. I guess start climbing makes sense. Um and then uh, I'll go out a little later, see if we can shoot something for supper. We need to make strength. So that one, I don't know, doesn't seem... Ne- I mean, it seems oddly phrased, we need to make strength, but I don't know. Basically just saying we need to keep our strength up. Uh, yeah, we need to eat some food, and yeah. we, we got a, a long climb ahead of us. Exactly. Um, and then, uh, so, Kevin, do you know what flint is made of? Um, is it, I thought it was, uh, like a rock of its own, or is, it's not a, I assumed it was like a mineral. Yeah, it's it, quartz. Oh, really? Basically oh. is, is what I found is, is mostly the, the mineral there. Um, but you know, causes a spark when, mm. when hit with steel. Um, True. and so, oh, so, so what I was looking for was the, what his saying before we get it. before we get to that um oh i'm too i'm too far up yeah there was Sorry. there there was another edition in there um where uh roland just says i gotta go to sleep now okay and jake just says sure uh in the original in the new version he says sure knock yourself out i don't understand you do what you want ah the gunslinger nodded and lay back knock myself out he thought knock myself oh. out like it's just it's just a fun little like like a lost in translation thing as he's trying to understand yeah. this this uh phrase of uh 70s ling- lingo um 
<laughs> and Knock and it's interesting. Self out. And I do like that they have <laughs> this little bit added right before you see that not only is the gunslinger taking in some of Jake's phrases, but Jake is taking in some of the gunslingers. Uh, and that's mm-hmm. where, where this whole little uh, phrase uh, as he's lighting the fire, um, the spark of dark, where's my sire? So... Uh, hey, say, say the whole thing. So, Spark yeah. of Dark, where's my sire? Will Bless I lay me? Campfire. Uh, Spark of Dark, where's my sire? Will I lay me? Will I stay me? Bless this camp with fire. So, I guess that's just sort of his uh, God is great, God is good, let us thank him for our food. Like a little. Yeah. No, no. W- was that added? Because I don't see that in the original. Yeah, that's not wrong? in the original. Yeah, that's added. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. All right, I thought that was added. Mm-hmm. I was looking for it. Because I like that saying. Yeah, I think I'm going to say it every time I try to make a fire, which isn't very often. But you know, let's see. (laughs) Oh yeah, it it does occur earlier in the book. On uh, yes, I I remember it happening. Well, because that's where Jake learned it. Mm, Exactly. And yeah. Oh no. Um, so the the other time that happens in the book is just page seven, right after. Uh, before he even meets, oh. uh, yeah, it's the before very beginning. Brown and Zoltan, yeah, before yeah, yeah, Brown yeah. and Zoltan, exactly. So okay, well, he d- so it's just understood that he said it. He says it every time he's lighting a fire. Yeah, yeah. Seen but not heard. Exactly. It's like you know, uh, clearly Jake had gotten this from Roland. Precisely. Yeah. Point. Since they've been making camp all of these nights, Roland's been lighting fires. It's assumed. Yeah. So and even in the the book, it says, uh, picked it up from me. The gunslinger thought not in the least surprised to discover he was all over goosebumps and on the verge of shivering like a wet dog. Picked it up from me. Words I don't even remember saying. And will I betray such? Ah, Roland, will they betray such true thread as this in a sad, unthreaded world? Could anything justify it? Tis just words. Aye, but old ones, good ones. Roland, the boy called, are you all right? Yar, he said gruffly, with a tang of smoke uh, stung faintly in his nose. These made fire. Yes, the boy said simply, and Roland did not need to turn to know the boy was smiling. Uh, The gunslinger got moving, and Boar left, this time skirting the willow grove. Uh, This is another one where, in my notes, it was like, okay, so this part is yellow, this part is orange, this part is blue, and I'm, like, trying to categorize all of, like, how each difference is. Because at one point in the the (laughs) middle... Um, Wait, so just to recap for our friends at home, yes. what does orange, yellow, and blue mean? So yellow is a addition entirely uh, in the 2003 version that mm-hmm. completely new material. Orange means something was changed uh, that changes the meaning of the words, uh, different words at the very least. Blue is just grammatical changes. So if you're changing a pronoun to a proper noun or if you're changing the word order, or replacing a comma with a semicolon, stuff like that. Um, yeah, and, yeah. and red so, is so what if there's here? a subtraction. Oh, yeah. Oh, red's a subtraction. Right. Huh. So uh, there, there haven't been many reds. Uh, there's been, uh, there was one on the previous page, actually. Oh, okay. Yeah, uh, where he was saying the ugly weight of a coming betrayal uh, and what he was afraid might be the first of many. So... 
Uh, yeah, that, that was another. Basically, he was just twisting the knife just a little bit too far. So he was like, oh, "Let's let's ease back on the on the foreboding." But perhaps the the foreboding and foreshadowing is a little too heavy. Little here. little like, heavy. I am going yeah. to kill this child. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Uh, well, I don't, so, well, he's not going to kill him, but this child will die, in my opinion. Hmm. While reading this book, as far as foreshadowing goes, exactly. Like, oh, yeah. Yeah, you're it's not look good for Jake. Indeed, the 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 pen. Um, unless the gunslinger does something really heroic and saves him, I don't know. We will see. We will see. Yeah. Um. So yeah, in the middle of that section where it says, uh, Roland heard the sharp chick 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 of the flint. Uh, that's what it says in the okay, new version. In the old version, it said yep. faintly, clearly, he could hear the clink 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 of Jake's striking sparks. So I feel like that's a, that's a good change because I feel like sounds more like what I imagine striking flint on steel. Clink, 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 clink just sounds like clink is like metal on metal, really. Yeah, I agree. Chick, chick, chick is like metal on stone. Yeah, you're encountering friction on there. Clink, clink. I imagine there's just a resonant tone. Have you ever have you ever built a fire, Kevin? Uh, no. You've never made a campfire. Um, like at home, or I mean, not a proper like one. I mean, I've burned stuff. Let's see. <laughs> I've started like a fireplace fire, but that's usually with like a you know one of those really long yeah, yeah, candle lighters, or and with like well, so, uh, fire starters and stuff. Never like yeah, a proper not, not one in the woods. To, now, not trying to misrepresent myself. I'm not a, a, a big Boy Scout or anything, but like you know, I've gone camping, but um, mm. we made fires and um, but not with a flint. Yeah. It, when given the other technology, a flint is very difficult to make a fire with because you're just taking. OK, imagine, you know, lighting a cigarette with a lighter that's broken. That's mm. just giving you a spark each time. Just exactly. Spark, spark, spark. And you're like, ah, this isn't working. You know, um, that's kind of like a flint is you just near you're trying to put that spark next to close enough heat source to create fire. And it, it's really a miracle every time it happens, you know? Very and, true. and if you think back to, you know, the, the cavemen days and everything and like, Oh, I have created fire. Imagine being that one of those first humans and being like, Oh my God, mm. this is warm. I can cook food on it. Oh my God. What have we done? Mm. It's true. The definition of uh, chaotic neutral that it can be used for good, but it can also get out of control really fast and be become a terrible thing. Yeah. The the red flower, right? Exactly. Uh, Yeah. Jungle book. The jungle book. (laughs) Mm. So, yeah, totally. The, the, that was actually the, the first, well, second episode of Doctor Who when uh, in 1963 the basically like the they accidentally time travel back to sort of like I think it's like 100,000 BC or something to this uh, group of cavemen and they've heard of fire there was one person who knew how to do it but then all of a sudden one of them looks outside and the doctor is lighting a pipe with a lighter so he's like oh my god fire came from his fingers <laughs> yeah and, ooh, maybe everything that all the technology we know is just brought to us by time travelers from the future could be <laughs> like uh here's a little thing this will help you out it's called the internet 
<laughs> oh. no, no, or that... it will destroy you. <laughs> I mean, the, the, certainly that wouldn't have helped anyone in caveman days because there's no infrastructure and there's no well, there's no computers. Course, True, caveman days. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, a, a cigarette lighter sent to caveman days would probably have advanced their technology by leaps and bounds. Um, or just, uh, this is a knife. Yeah, true. You no, know, this is sharpened stuff. Mm, a knife and a uh, There's even, like, knife sharpener. guns. Guns wouldn't work because you, you wouldn't have the Yeah, once you run out of bullets, powder, yeah, there's nothing for it, yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Hmm. Huh. That's a good question. Anyway. What one in... Huh... The printing a, press. No. Compass? Maybe a compass. <laughs> compass would be good. Yeah. Because yeah. I feel like that's just relying on the Earth's magnet- uh, uh, magnetic field. So I feel like it's it's not going to run out of batteries or anything. And you just have this one guy with an incredible sense of direction. Hmm. Well, <sighs> another day. I'm, but uh, Sorry. Yeah, I'm trying to think of an alternative, but we should move on because indeed. it'll take me a second. So, yeah, uh, <clears throat> skirting the Willow Grove. Uh, let's see, faintly. Only what you need to survive. <laughs> <laughs> so, let's see, another couple of changes in here. Basically, so we stood without moving. Yeah, this one was kind of complicated because he kind of rewrote this whole section. So, it's a little bit different. Um, so, it mm. goes from basically Jake lights the fire earlier. So, instead of I, hearing. I see it now, yeah, yeah, yeah. Instead of hearing the sound of Jake uh, uh, striking sparks, uh, it's he heard the crackle of campfire that Jake had kindled. So, let's see. So, stood without moving. Three rabbits came. Uh, and the gunslinger pulled leather. So in the original, he took down the two plumpest, but in the new version, it says, uh, once they were at Silflay, the gunslinger pulled metal. I don't know what Silflay is. Uh, I assume it's some sort of a... Let's see. Let's look it up in real time. Silflay. Silflay? I don't even see where that is. Oh, is that in the new that, one? Yeah, that's in the new one. Um, oh, Okay. Interesting. Oh, Basically, he okay. Shot, he shot two rabbits. Oh, uh, all right. So apparently uh, coined by Richard Adams in Watership Down as part of the fictional language of Lepine, which is spoke uh, spoken by rabbits, the word silfle huh. to eat outdoors uh, means to eat outdoors. Um, so this makes total sense because... Oh, Steve, wow. Oh, have you read this? <laughs> No, no, I'm just listening to what you're saying. It sounds like he's throwing a, a, a shout-out to Watership Downs oh, for this. There will be more, don't you worry, because Stephen King loves Watership oh. Down. Um, yeah, there, Watership Down, Watership, singular. Uh, yes, Down, singular. But, yeah, there in there's a reference to Watership Down in The Stand. There's a reference to Watership Down, um, I think, in one of the later Dark Tower books, even. Uh but yeah, Stephen King loves peppering little literary references all throughout. Uh, so yeah, uh, I, I didn't even realize that's what that meant, but uh, I'm glad we looked it up. So I guess in context, that means that once the rabbits were, I guess, eating uh, somewhere. So in this case, uh, instead of only taking down the two biggest, uh, in, as in the original, in the new version, he takes down all three. Uh, so... Another grammatical change. Uh, he took them down, skinned them, gutted them, and brought them back to camp. 
And then in the new version, well, in the original version, it said he took them down, skinned them and gutted them, comma, brought them back to camp, which doesn't make sense. I, I agree with that gr- grammar change. It should yeah, be yeah. A, comma, B and C. Yeah. Yeah. Is that Oxford comma? He does include the Oxford comma. It is took them yeah. down, comma, skinned them, comma, gutted them, comma, and brought them back to camp. Because <laughs> that would be a different uh, meaning if he didn't include that. True. <laughs> uh, let's see. And then we've got another where it says, in the original it said, Jake had the fire going and the water was already steaming over it. And then in the new version it said, Jake had water already steaming over the low flames. So, mm. potato, potato, really. Uh, Jake had the... So, just, just another, um, and maybe this is just because I'm a... a Tolkien guy, but um, in The Hobbit, much more than Lord of the Rings, but it happens in both. Um, a lot of times he makes references to rabbits mm. and like comparing Bilbo to a rabbit, you know, as, as he's moving around and like in his hole and stuff. So, yeah, being hunted uh, uh, and everything. Yeah. So, yeah, that's I would just, agree I with think that. Another throw out there. Mm but silflay that is a, a new word for me mm. and it comes from watership down watership down there you go yeah I'm, I'm glad we looked that up yeah because that's that's a, a big stephen king uh referent yeah the watership down uh lord of the rings um i'm, sure, I'm pretty sure we've had a lord of the rings reference at some point by now oh yeah well i've been i, I mean every time <laughs> and i know that's not just tolkien in general but anytime i hear alliteration i think Tolkien, but he obviously didn't invent that. <laughs> it's been around for many a year, but I'm sure going yeah. back to you know the the Odyssey and all. I'm Ste- sure there was some step slowly, softly, or something. You know, just mm. little things like that. Oh yeah, Homer, and ev- mm. everybody, Shakespeare. Yeah, everything Shakespeare, goes back definitely. to Shakespeare. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, let's see. So yeah, they're lighting a fire so, while the stew cooked. Yeah, gunslinger oh, nodded. Good far? piece of work. Uh, no, no, no. I just wanted to throw in a little bit of uh, Roland being uh, approving towards Jake, just because you can see that they're they're building this bond, but Roland feels it like breaking at the same time. So it's almost this like feels you're, like the, yeah. the calm before the storm. This yeah. feels like he's he's building yeah. a bridge. He knows he's going to burn. Mm-hmm. So let's see. Uh, handed back the flint and steel. So yeah, they have a little stew. Uh, Roland starts uh, hacking at some vines, uh, starts uh, braiding them together. Um, another because, little because Kevin, what what do you need for a good climb? Rope. You, you need rope. You, you need rope. Always need rope. You need rope. That's Indeed. another Tolkien thing, man. That's that's what Sam was all about. Indeed, yeah. The you, elven you rope. Need that and, rope. Yeah, he was. Uh, oh, he he wanted that rope before he even met the elves. He's like, ah, oh, I wish I had some good rope. Mm. <laughs> True. Yeah, that's one of the the changes in the uh, extended edition of Two Towers. I think when he's like, ah, oh, it's such a shame. That I, I tied my best knot, so we're not going to be able to use it. And then uh, uh, Fro- Frodo is like, oh, just shake it. I thought, uh, and then just shakes it, and the knot comes loose. <laughs> that is pretty cool. But in the book, Sam is literally talking about rope. From the beginning, his, his, his uh, father's a gaffer, and a gaffer is somebody who works with rope. I believe uh, I might be wrong with that. Hmm. Uh, 
I could have sworn gaffer meant some like a, well, a gaffer in in um, production terms. What do they do? Uh, they are a person who works on the lighting, uh, de- in the lighting department, uh, adjusting or opening and closing flaps in tent cloths. Is the original version? Mm. Um, let's see. Gaffer. Oh, interesting. Likely a contraction of Godfather. So, an old man, okay. boss, foreman, coach, or publican. That makes that makes sense to me. That uh, makes more sense. I don't know why I thought it meant they made rope. Uh, let's see. <laughs> if that's what I wanted it to mean. <laughs> One definition I see here says a sailor. So, sailor, always dealing with knots. That makes sense to me. I mean, electricians always deal with knots. The amount of times Liz and I have to undo some cords and everything, you know? And cords are just ropes. Electrical they're, cords. They're tying knots in, like, electrical <laughs> wire? No, no. I'm, I'm saying that I have to undo knots that I wish weren't there. Oh. <laughs> Kevin, you've never reached into a bag and it's been a knot of cord? Oh, God, yeah. I know exactly what you mean. That's oh, all that, I'm saying. That, those <laughs> knots. Oh, okay. I, th- I thought you were, like, re- like, redoing the wiring of your house and somebody, like, tied some cables together. No, no, oh, no, Okay, no. gotcha. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm oh, just yeah. talking about, like, sitting up for karaoke and we're like, oh, gosh. These, yeah, all the cables these are not. a we'll, snarl. We'll yeah. get this out. I, that, is, <laughs> that is the thing from college that I use daily that is the most useful thing I ever learned is how to properly wire uh, wind cable. And I always... L- like that's how I, uh, you know, um, wind up like my uh, my phone charger. How I wind up uh, the Ethernet cables <laughs> that I use to plug into things. How I wind up USB Maybe I'm cables. Maybe i wrong then. Oh, what do you mean? I, th- I think I need a, I need a tutorial. I don't know. I try to just you know wind it around my hand in a circle and yeah. As long as you're to... as long as you're in a circle and you're sort of going with the grain, then I think you're okay. Like, yeah. So, well, sometimes the problem is how you get it shipped to you. Mm, true. It's like folded. Yeah. So when they do that really tight thing with where it becomes almost yeah. like like a straight line and there's like a loop on either sen- either side, I always feel like that puts so much more pressure on the wire. I like it when it's yeah. just when it's just a perfect circle. Then it's much more uh, gentle on the cable. But totally. Well, it also depends on the length of the cable. Do, but I usually true. don't go around my elbow. I, I just sort of do. Yeah, exactly. The elbow is a—it's a, a dangerous one. It's, yeah, it's too long. Yeah, um, yeah. I would anyway, go like a two-thirds we, we, elbow. We digress. <laughs> <laughs> don't get me started on on winding cable. My gosh, I could go on for hours. Yeah, well, uh, I'm sure you can teach me <laughs> some things, brother. But so, um, so Roland is your hand. taking vines down and making braids. Indeed, his braids making are braids. stronger than you know. You think it's a three type of braid? I like to braid my beard, so... Hmm. Could be, could be. I like to think of... But I bet the more strands you have, the stronger the braid is, right? Yeah, that makes sense. You you are my dwarven brother, yeah? With your braided beard. (laughs) (laughs) Dwarven brother, yes. And my axe. (laughs) Um, (laughs) But, um... So yeah, no, no, no. I'm, I'm, I'm speaking logistically here. Like, yeah, do you I, think he I, took four, four, three? Like, like hmm. to make a really strong braid, I would want to do like, th- like a three braid thing, and then take those three and braid them to make it even stronger. True. Yeah. That's... If I'm going up a mountain. <laughs> oh yeah, totally. You know? Yeah, that's what I've seen from. Yeah, like uh, whenever I've like looked at rope really closely, it's always like a braid within a braid, like. 
there's pro- yeah probably at least three and then uh you know take those and then braid three sets of those and then braid those three together exactly i mean it's good science just uh releasing the tension in as many places as possible at once exactly well, but really you know a, a chain is only as strong as its weakest link so very true very true yeah there's so that's uh, why the, the whole braid's got to be good speaking of braiding there's another stephen king book that deals a lot with uh you know creating a, a long rope that and he's trying basically just testing like the uh what is that uh not surface tensile tension. strength tensile strength exactly Tensiles. yeah, yeah, yeah. The, like a spider's web exactly the the eye of the dragon tensile strength becomes a major plot point uh in case you're cool yeah that's that's another one uh we might read down the line um well, that, that's also a tolkien thing yes indeed she lobs lair you know you can you can only get through she lobs web with the elven sword mm, exactly sword 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 S words. Uh, S words. <laughs> it's a bloody S word. <laughs> so yeah. So as so anyway, so they, as Roland is, braids. yeah, as Roland is making braids. Uh, but let's see. In the original, it says, "But he did not think somehow that the climb would be a particularly difficult one. He felt a sense of fate that he no longer even considered odd." In the new version, it says, but his intuition was that the climb would not be a particularly difficult one. Uh, he felt Ka... Okay. Yeah, go ahead. Go- keep going. Keep going. He felt Ka at work on the surface of things and no longer even considered it odd. Yeah. Sorry, I stopped you there because... Uh... That's what you, were, you, you, you wanted to highlight? <laughs> well, actually, I, I wanted... And then you said the next thing, but it was like, how could he not think this is going to be hard? Mm-hmm. Oh, because he think that Ka's at work and like, it's like, this is the will of the force kind of thing. Exactly. That, yeah. <laughs> like sort of halfway between Sorry. destiny We're and Star Wars fans. Of course. Of course. <laughs> Always my first frame of reference. But yeah, I feel like <laughs> Ka is almost like halfway between destiny and like almost something manipulating events without having an ego behind it. Just sort of. Is Ka, uh, uh, sorry, I went away from that page. Is Ka in capital letters there or lowercase? Lower so it is sort yeah, of like that's, the force. That's what I yeah. Okay. Uh huh. Yeah, totally. So now I understand a little bit more about Ka. It's, it's not really a um, a being. It's more of a like you said, destiny. Like <laughs> I I hate to keep considering uh, comparing it to Star Wars, but yeah, the, the force. Mm. <laughs> or or uh, what, uh karma karma ka you know yeah kind of karma yeah similar yeah i think that that would probably be a better real world uh comparison mm, i would agree it's interesting looking into the the etymology of it uh there's another well, the cool thing about karma is is uh the the rebirth aspect and this is um mm, Kev, I hope I'm right on this one. This is Buddhism, right? I think so. Is karma? Uh, bu- well, no, I think it's Hinduism. Or is it hin- Hinduism? Not, now I'm wrong. <sighs> Dang it. Should have researched this, but I just thought about it now. So let's um, see. So it's a, it is a the, Sanskrit the whole, word. the whole idea is, is that you, you get re- rebirth as what you uh, did in the previous life. 
right? And I now I'm starting to understand a little bit more about what the heck's going on here because I think that perhaps they're rebirthing into like I don't know the things they messed up before. Hmm. In a way, yeah, I could see that. Yeah, but what the heck did Jake mess up? He was only 11. True. Well, maybe that's the problem. Like, uh, because the gunslinger went into this willingly, he's the one who's um, trying to atone for his past and things. Whereas Jake was pulled uh, forcibly by the man in black. But also, maybe I'm only thinking of uh, it from the negative point of view. Karma obviously has a big positive point of view too very true meaning the, the the good things that you do will lead you into a greater existence in the next life right yeah totally so you know perhaps jake being a pure of heart child who really did nothing wrong where he's he's still apparently the same person but what he's doing is making the gunslinger better you know mm. as a human i would agree with that and to actually yeah. To actually care about someone else besides himself. True, because I feel yeah. like the whole point of that, the the chapters in the desert is sort of you're seeing how the gunslinger is sort of being worn down and eroded, and he's just becoming his entire being is just focused on the tower, the man in black, the tower, the man in black, and those are his only drives, motivations, so, yeah, exactly, yeah, totally. yeah. So then now, once he has this boy that he has to protect, who he finds himself. Um, empathizing with, he finds himself remembering his own childhood and reawakening his humanity in a, in a way. So that seems like sort of, I mean, it's sort of a double-edged sword that like maybe the man in black brought him that way to kind of weaken his drive and weaken his focus. But maybe mm. overall destiny is trying to, you know, get him, send him along his journey, but for the right reasons. It's like you got to break yourself down before you can build yourself up. Kind exactly. Of thing. Yeah. It's like take away all those, um, you know, shields and stuff that that we were holding, and like allow the good in, mm. kind of thing. It, 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 instead of being worried about the outside world, which is how he was brought up with the the hard hand of court and stuff. Um, it, it was like, oh, this is the way of the gunslinger, and I, it's like, oh wait, the world is actually. A wonderful place with, uh, <laughs> okay, <laughs> but <laughs> going against what I said. <laughs> of course, the exact opposite may be he true. He also murders, he murders an entire village of people, including the woman that he, uh, I thought he was, he was melting away some of his insecurities with and trying to, you know, Ali, I think, uh, reminded him a little bit of. Susan, right? That's her yeah. name. A, a little bit, yeah. I feel like, but I feel like the whole story of Tull is kind of an exercise in the way that the gunslinger kind of has built up these walls against other people. So the he he's with Allie, but he's sort of not, he, he never really opens himself up to her. He just sort of sleeps with her like this the, is means to an end well it's the same thing he did with the oracle exactly yeah you know? but and you could tell that she's trying to break down his walls a little bit but he still has this tough facade that he won't let her in so yeah. that's why when everything happens and all of toll turns against him he shoots her down without even thinking about it he does shoot her in wow mm -hmm. 
Anyway, we're we're going back to previous chapters, but True. it's but, unavoidable. But I feel like that's that's <laughs> it, it, it's it's part of the whole thing that um, you know the gunslinger is kind of he's feeling his his walls being broken down by Jake in a way that he hasn't felt in at least ten years. Yeah, um, yeah. This is um, this is a much more uh, caring relationship. Precisely. Than what do you have with Ali? Because with Ali, it was like transactional. Exactly. You know, it's like, give me some food. Yeah, yeah I'll show you a good time, but whatever, you mm-hmm. know. And with him, it's like, oh, I can actually impose something that this boy will take with him forever. Yeah. I can teach you him know? things. Like, yeah. I, I, I taught him how to make fire. That's awesome. Mm. Indeed. Um, anyway. So, so was something that isn't actually a change, but I do like just the imagery of the vines bled green sap over his hands as he carried them over to where Jake waited. That. Yeah, uh, I just it like it's very visceral and just the bleeding language, and you can tell that he's creating something that's going to like just be bloody at the end. Yeah, the boy is not long for this world. Indeed. I'm I'm nervous. I hope he lives, but no, I don't think it'll happen. We'll see. So yeah. All right, so is this a new section in the new book? Um, uh, not for not here actually. Uh, they oh, okay. let's see. Shoots a rabbit. Uh, the bundle. Yada yada. Boy had toughened up. You could see it. Um, uh, oh, yeah. This yeah. This part is all still there. He looped his three rope vines around his belly. Uh, gave the circle of stones a wide berth. Um, he was afraid he might feel a recurrence, but when he passed above it, the Jake only offered a passing glance and then looked at a bird that hovered up, upwind. So Jake, Jake is not uh, traumatized by that experience whatsoever. <laughs> he does not care, but it sounds like uh, Roland's more traumatized about the Oracle than exactly. Jake is. But I feel... Jake is like, let's just go. Yeah, I feel like that's a very parental <laughs> reaction. Like, when you see a kid get, uh, uh, you know, uh, an electric shock, then you're going to put covers on every single electric shock in the house but meanwhile the kids are never going to do it ever again and they're never going to look I twice care. i'm fine yeah i'm fine whatever <laughs> but it's fine exactly but sort of establishing this parent-child relationship or, um, or maybe because jake held the jawbone for as long as he did he was a little more immune to the effects could be of could the be. circle of stones i don't know yeah or, or maybe, maybe also because it's daytime true like, is, is it the effect only at nighttime? I don't know. I mean, also just fear is always so much less powerful in by day than it is at night. But uh, at night you hear sounds you can't see. There, uh, everything is a little bit darker and a little bit more sinister looking. I feel like that's a very Stephen King thing to have daytime be unafraid, but then at night you you don't know what's going to come. Uh, I feel like subverting that and you know just make it like. Everything's fine at night, and then at daytime, everybody should be nervous. You know, mm. like, <laughs> yeah. True, that makes You're sense. You're a writer, Kev. Let's do it together. Sure, yeah, <laughs> anytime. Um, so, yeah, so that paragraph is Anywho. about the same. The tree trunks are twisted, brutes are struggling in the earth. Uh, it's also old, Jake oh, said glumly. Wait, 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 oh, go wait, ahead. No, no, wait. I, I, I just, sorry, as a botanist and lover of trees trunks were twisted and roots seemed to struggle with the earth in a tortured hunt for moisture i love that yeah if you if you really just get down there in the dirt and and look at what trees are doing that's such a great description oh totally how plants work you know a tortured hunt for moisture Mm. oh 
Sorry. Just yeah. beautiful. The, uh, speaking of which, <laughs> uh, when we went to uh, one of those uh, Van Gogh uh, exhibition things where they've got like uh, projectors on the walls and you can see all of the different Van Gogh artwork, um, there was this yeah, one yeah. there was this one painting that like art Crit- art critics had no idea what the heck he was painting and they were like oh he's being uh just purely expressionist or blah 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 and the but then um I forget the exact story, but years later, somebody, uh, maybe a botanist or something, looked at the painting and they were like, oh, that's tree roots. And they realized that it's uh, sort of like, basically, when a tree, sort of the, the land next to a tree kind of erodes away, and you can see like the squiggles of how the tree roots kind of like look like in... Um, in like a, a cross section, as it were. Uh, so it was just oh, like so cool. Yeah, it's, it's so it's just fascinating the way that you know the the art well, kind of like uh, it became something different. But meanwhile, they li- <laughs> later on they were like, oh yeah, he was just looking at a tree. <laughs> <laughs> well, going back to what we were saying before about uh, forgetting what we said in previous podcasts, um, I don't know if I've mentioned biomimicry before, but like, please do it. it Really, if if you look at the the roots of a tree, it's very similar to the the nerves of our brains, like and how they branch, mm. you know, and like how all nature is connected in that way. So totally, I don't know if he was m- making a, a tortured hunt for moisture. It's like um, our neurons going for a tortured hunt for knowledge, mm. you know. See, I, <laughs> I I almost took it sort of as a as a metaphor for. Sort of like the Roland, well, probably Roland and Jake uh, are both kind of twisted together, and they're sort of like uh, like stuck together in this situation, in this tortured hunt for some sort of compassion or empathy. To like, oh, okay, yeah. Uh, Roland has been lived without it for so long, and just living by himself. That now that he has Jake, he's kind of surprised by just this water that's in front of him and jake is all of a sudden in this strange and dangerous world and he's struggling and he desperately wants to find some sort of sense of safety or uh security yeah that's what he probably meant (laughs) me me being a scientist i'm like ooh, i like roots yeah maybe he's talking about the brain and no no he's just talking about the relationship between Jake and Roland, of course. Indeed. Okay, moving Char- on. Characters and it's emotions. All, so, oh, sh- should I read from the original book? I haven't gotten a chance to read. Yeah, sure, that. go ahead. Uh, where are we at? It's also old. It's also old. <clears throat> it's also old, Jake said glumly when they paused for a rest. Isn't there anything young? In this world. smiled and... <laughs> oh, in, in the new one it says that? It says, in this world. <laughs> In this world, oh. The gunslinger smiled and gave Jake an elbow. You are, he said. Will it be a hard climb? The gunslinger looked at him curious. The mountains are high. Don't you think it will be a hard climb? Jake looked back to him. His eyes clouded, puzzled. No. They went on. So, yeah. the, the one quick change, uh, right after you are, Jake responded with a wan smile, uh, and he says, will it be hard to climb? So, look, grammatical change in there, and then also just a little bit more visual uh, description, just to kind of keep you in the moment, because there are a lot of... Wan. A wan smile. Wan, wan oh. is a good word. 
Uh, give me the definition of wan. Wan. Well, just based on my like, own internal like, like, dictionary. Like, 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 like yearning, sort of, like like something, eagerness. Oh, interesting. So the way I always think of it is more, it's more a, a thoughtful and pensive, like, just sort of like a hmm kind of smile. Like, it's, it, uh-huh. yeah, very, very introspective, kind of. Because like, I always think... Can you give me the... Give me the dictionary definition. Let's I know see. you got another. According to, because I always, I always associate it with Obi Wan, so it's more of like a hmm. Oh, oh my goodness! I never. Why didn't I put that together? <laughs> <laughs> well, so well. While you're looking this up, it, it, it's just sort of confusing to me that Jake doesn't seem nervous. True. Like, like, like will it be a hard climb? Like, you like? No, I'll be fine. Hmm. Because it's interesting. See, there, I kind of, I know what's going on there, but I don't want to say anything yet. Um, but just sort of keep that in the back of your mind that... Or maybe maybe that's Jake knowing his fate. And he's like, no, it's not going to be a hard climb because I'm not going to make it the whole way. Mm. I don't know. <laughs> oh, man. They went on. They that's went how on. Section 8 ends. Mm. <laughs> but yeah, just the... Like the oh, way no, that's how section seven ends. That's how Sorry. section seven ends. Section. Yeah, um, yes. but just the way that like first Jake asks the question, and then Roland says, "Think about it. What do you think?" And Jake just sort of his eyes cloud for a second, and then he just says, "No, like no question about it. It's just he's he's all of a sudden no sure. period. No period. So keep that in the no back period. of your mind." Um, yeah, the, this next section, there's not too many changes, so I feel like we might be able to get through it pretty quickly. Uh, oh, cool. So, the sun <clears throat> climbed to its zenith and then passed on. Uh, so, in the original, it says, seemed to hang there briefly, uh, more briefly than it ever had during the desert crossing, and then passed on. In the new version, it just says, uh, oh no, wait, no, that's right. Um, that's still the same. Uh, during their desert crossing, and then passed on, giving them back their shadows. But in the new version, it just says returning their their shadows. So giving them back, returning them, potato, potato. I guess fewer words to be more concise. Um. So add, adding this to words, Nick should have looked up before he came here. But I'm just going to go with my internal brain. Zenith. Uh, Zenith. Mm. Zenith just is uh, just pretty much the. The apex of the the sun in the sky, um, I don't know. We we had yeah, an old I, game right. called Tr- Tr- Trivia Adventure, mm. and it was uh, you were trying to make it to zenith. That was the goal of it. Hmm. Um, that's what I thought of. But but it, right, the apex in the sky. Kind that's of correct. Like yeah. Time. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, basically we kind of oh, go so, on for so, a little bit. Okay, hmm? here he's looking back. Mm. I'm sorry. Yes, go ahead. Off. But here he's looking back on the desert and sort of recollecting everything he's gone through up to this point, right? Right. That, that's the way it, it feels to me. Um, uh, Shelves of rock protruding from the rising land like the arms of giant easy chairs buried in the earth. The scrub grass turned yellow and sere. Finally, they were faced with a deep, chimney-like crevasse in their path and they scaled a short peeling rise of rock to get around and above it the ancient granite had faulted on lines that were step-like and as they had both in, in, intuited 
The climb was an easy one. They paused on the four-foot-wide scarp at the top and looked back over the falling land to the desert, which curled around the up lake like a huge yellow paw. Mm. Before you go on, before you go on, so a couple of changes in there. Uh, So as they had both intuited, the beginning of their climb, the beginning of their climb, at least, was easy. Uh, So a little just sort of tightening of the words. Uh, Mm -hmm. They paused on the four foot wide scarp and looked back over the land to the desert. So a little subtraction there. Um, Mm -hmm. So, yeah, go ahead. So from like a yellow paw. Further off, it gleamed at them in a white shield that dazzled the eye, receding into dim waves of rising heat. The gunslinger felt faintly amazed at the realization that this desert had nearly murdered him. From where they stood, in a new coolness, the desert certainly appeared momentous, but not deadly. Mm. So, any changes there? Nope, that's all still the same. Yeah, Yeah, but definitely very kind of... Jay, uh, Roland being a little bit uh, introspective, definitely kind of seeing, yeah. Well, more so, more so than he's been exactly you know, in the past. Like, like he hasn't really. I guess he's thought back on Tull a little bit, but like for him to look back in the desert and be like, "Oh, that was that wasn't that bad," mm. you know. It seemed really bad at the time, but now this is better. <laughs> True. Yeah, just faintly amazed I mean, I mean, that I the desert that... nearly killed him. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, we go through that in our daily lives all the time. Mm. You know, like, huh, well, this this moment in my life seemed to suck, but guess what? Things are getting better. It's all getting <laughs> better. Through the desert, <laughs> on a horse with no name, <laughs> on a mule with no name, in fact. Indeed. <laughs> Wait, did that mule have a name? Oh, man, now I'm... Oh, now I gotta find out. <laughs> I, I don't think it... Knowing Roland at the time, he would not have named that mule. He knew it was just this is a means of conveyance for the moment, and this mule is going to die. A hundred percent. Yeah, it's just the mule. They <laughs> uh, they don't actually give it a name. But yeah, I feel like. But but I I, I love. But yes, going back to Roland, kind of changing as the book goes on. I just love that sort of the beginning of the book is kind of the the spark that causes the. Like you establish who Roland is, who the, what the desert is, what the Man in Black is, and then from there, kind of, I wouldn't even sort of Tull is sort of establishing the way that the Gunslinger reacts to things normally, and then after Tull is sort of the the I guess after Tull then would be the the catalyst of things changing and the Gunslinger changing like how he feels about things and whatnot and talking about how he was thinking about court and his mother and stuff and how he usually was never such an introspective person so i just i love that sort of the book itself is is the chronicle of change so yeah love it i i I totally feel that Mm. so apparently i was wrong wan means uh either pale sickly looking dim or faint or bland or uninterested so it, uh, okay we yeah. were way off yeah we were way off so it doesn't mean like wanting at yeah, all it neither passionate more... nor uh introspective just sort of like a huh huh it's more it's more of a meh exactly Juan is <laughs> how do you feel about that i'm Juan. Juan about meh. it meh but yeah. yeah how do you feel about that climb i uh, 
It is what it is. It is what it is. <laughs> you're you're the only person who's going to keep me safe, and you might kill me. So you know, but six and one. Exactly. I, I can't turn back. Yeah. So I guess this is my lot in mm-hmm. life. <laughs> so yeah. So here is the. Uh, so, so here, this whole section is where we've got just the one uh, obligatory change per per page. Uh, but yes, let's see. Where they stood, momentous, not deadly. Um, let's see. Yeah, look, looked back over the fallen land of the desert. So yeah, this next whole section is more or less the same. You know, they climb up the mountain a little bit. The the night starts falling. Um, shadows start to turn purple, and then there's sort of basically what would be my absolute nightmare. They're uh, making camp just sort of on the edge of an out of a jutting brow of rock. Uh, and Sounds awful. Yeah. So uh, the gunslinger anchored their blanket above and below, fashioning a kind of shanty lean-to. Mm. Also, to stop them from rolling off the freaking cliff. Oh my god. <laughs> the When... Uh, what is it? 2009, we went, Cynthia and I and uh, two of our friends, Paul and Carol Ann, went to Bolivia and Peru for like almost a month. And we like. I was, hoping you'd, I, I was hoping you'd tell this story. Mm, there was. <laughs> when I read this. Yeah. The, so Paul and I were climbing up the mountain and Cynthia and Carol Ann opted to drive. And so we were walking up and the like the paths of the mountain were getting like narrower and narrower as we're going up and the we get to this point where just it's like a foot wide at most maybe two and i just sort of almost had a mini panic attack where i'm like i, I can't i can't so i just literally just sit down and i'm just like just give me a minute i, I, I can't even i can't even deal because i didn't never really <laughs> thought that i was afraid of heights but apparently once you're up the mountain you you find out uh yeah. and it was crippling exactly so i just sat there and Paul was like, we got to keep moving. Uh, Just, you got to, you know, let the inertia just sort of take over. And I'm, inertia took me and I was just sort of frozen there. And, but then Paul was like, oh, there's people coming. And instantly my brain was just like, oh, I'm so sorry. I stand up and just sort of, uh, got out of the way. Oh, after you. (laughs) And then as soon as, as soon as they walk. Politeness takes over for fear. Exactly. Politeness (laughs) overrode the fear. So as soon as they walked past us, I was like, oh, okay well let's just keep walking then (laughs) (laughs) here we go no big deal (laughs) but yeah oh man but yeah but sorry to bring it bring it back to to mr tolkien again but Mm -hmm. this is the the step the steps of curith uncle this is all this made me think of this whole time is them heading up there yeah Um, i totally agree (laughs) <laughs> mm, they're they're approaching um, the the end of this phase of their journey and the sense of foreboding is getting uh greater and not quite sure if they they want to get where they're going uh, oh now comes the most important part great we are going to make it to this this week yes so okay. let's see. Uh, but in any case uh, my uh my mother says that i sleep like a dead man yada yada uh so here we've got another obligatory change, I would say. Um, where it wait, just wait, says, time out. Time yeah, out. go ahead. Go ahead. I, 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 want, I want to read that the way it's, it says. He um, says, uh, don't, roll, don't roll over in your sleep. Sorry. <clears throat> don't roll over in your sleep, he said, or you may wake up in hell. So, and then Jake, I won't, Jake replied seriously. 
My mother says he broke it off. She says what? Then I sleep like a dead man, Jake finished. So uh, I'm going to stop right there. But like, this is Jake remembering mm. and like not realizing he's remembering some things. And and this leads to an important next part. What were you going to say, Kev? Yeah, totally. Well, I mean, I was just going to go into the, the nitty gritty of the words that are different. But um, so, yeah. And the pain smote him. Let's see. He felt a little. Yeah, his mouth was trembling as he strove to keep back tears. Uh Wait, wait, wait. His drift to keep back tears. Only a boy, he thought. The pain smote him like an ice pick that too much that too much cold water can sometimes plant in the forehead. Uh mm. forehead. Yeah, that's goes back to that. That's an uh, odd one. What they're saying about exactly, the, 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 the spike in Jake's forehead in the dream, yeah. 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 Yeah, I feel like uh turning it into a metaphor instead of a simile makes much more sense. So instead of like the ice pick that can that too much water can sometimes plant in the forehead, just turning it into the pain is the ice pick that yada yada. So because I feel like like how often does an ice pick sp- uh, spike somebody in the forehead? That doesn't make any sense. So yeah, I would I would definitely agree with that change. But in terms of like just sort of, so it's, it's a very just, emotional just read, section. Yeah, I'm I'm just gonna read that that paragraph from the original. Go ahead. Um, that I sleep like a dead man. Jake finished. He looked at the gunslinger who saw that the boy's mouth was trembling as he strove to keep back tears. Only a boy, he thought. And pain smote him. Sorry. And pain smote him like the ice pick that too much cold water can sometimes plant in the forehead. I got you. Mm -hmm. Only a boy. Why? Silly question. When a boy wounded in body or spirit called that question out to court, that ancient scarred battle engine whose job it was to teach the sons of gunslingers the beginning of what they had to know, court would answer... Why is a crooked letter, and I, sorry, why is a crooked letter, wait, how would court say it? <clears throat> why is a crooked letter, and can't be made straight? Never mind why, just get up, pusshead, get up, the day's young. <laughs> and Jake said, why am I here? Jake asked, why did I forget everything from before? Roland replies, because the man in black has drawn you here, the gunslinger said, and because the tower... The tower stands at kind of power nexus in time. I'm going to stop there. Okay. Yeah. When I was reading that, I was like, yes, this is what I've been saying. (laughs) Exactly. So, A, we've got, well, for one thing, we've got Roland is asking himself why, and then the second later, Jake asks why. So the two of them are very much in sync at this point. And... Mm -hmm. Because uh, basically they're both thinking the same thing. Why is Jake here? Why this boy? Why why bring him into our path? And then because Jake asks the question, Roland knows the answer. So Roland just says, just because you're here. Because the man in black drew you here. Uh, and because of the tower. So we get... So I feel like we've... Roland has explained a little bit of what the Dark Tower is, kind of, but we get a little bit more specifics now that the tower is kind of the central point in in time. So, mm-hmm. and like sort of this magnet, I guess, in, uh, in uh, a power nexus in time, yeah. Well, and Jake re- replies with exactly what I was thinking. I don't understand that. <laughs> <laughs> 
it's like thank you like jake is our avatar i think he is oh, and so is roland like everybody's trying to like figure out what the hell's going on i don't understand that <laughs> I don't it know. seems like roland's figuring it out a little bit faster than uh than jake is because he's not 11 <laughs> very true yeah yeah it's interesting because uh, i feel like in so many stories the the protagonist is the audience's like eyes through which they see this world like for example say harry potter harry potter doesn't know the wizarding world so he asks people all the time like oh what does this do what does this do what what are you mm-hmm. know uh house elves what are this what are that and uh ron is just basically there to be the one who's the expert in the wizard world so he'll be like oh well house elves are this what a yeah i can't believe you never heard of this yeah. such a thing so but then yeah, ch- change Hermione in the movies, but anyway. Mm. And then, uh, but then in The Gunslinger, it's fascinating that the main character is sort of walled off even from the reader that you need Jake yeah. you need Jake to be the person who asks like well why is this what is that what was what was your childhood like like all of these questions that Roland would never ask himself so it, it also goes back to me saying in the beginning that I think we have an unreliable narrator from the beginning because mm. Roland doesn't know what's going on true you know like we're we're also learning it as he's going along but this kid's asking the right questions to lead you in the right direction exactly so it's 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 really cool i, I dig it yeah a lot i know i love <laughs> it fun uh yeah i uh, yeah definitely i'm appreciating this book so much more um so yeah we've got dark tower uh so nor do i the gunslinger said but something has been happening just in my own time the world has moved on we say we've always said but it's moving on faster now something has happened to time and then an addition in the new version it's softening so mm. very much felt like uh, I got a little uh, Slaughterhouse Five the uh, flashback there. Oh, I yeah. haven't read that one. Oh, you Damn. have to. Oh, but this one isn't a spoiler. It's just the literally the first uh, sentence of the book is just Billy Pil- Billy Pilgrim had come unstuck in time. <laughs> Another one of I, my I, I favorite tried, first. I tried, first sentences. I tried doing that one on Audible, Kev, and it was James Franco reading it. Uh, I was like, no, I just need to get the the hard copy of this one and read it with my own eyes. Agreed, yeah. Oh, I'll loan you that one. That was one of my favorite books of all time. (laughs) I mean, nothing against James Franco, but that's just not how I... I want to read it for myself. Agreed, yeah. If I could find a... a, If I could find a version of... a, a person reading Audible is should be anonymous to me, not like, mm. oh, here is Bill Murray reading whatever. It's yeah. like, no, I don't. <laughs> reading you know? Fair and Loathing in Las Vegas. <laughs> <laughs> Though that would be awesome. Probably. That would be cool. <laughs> he did do an be, adaptation, it, it, yeah. <laughs> but I, I like, like, I don't know who Jim Dale is, mm. you know? And Agreed. Then, but all I think of him is as the, the guy who reads Harry Potter, but when it, the Stephen Fry version, it's like, well, I know who Stephen Fry is, and that's a little bit different, you know? I completely <laughs> agree with you. I feel like the narrator should just sort of be a conduit that opens you up to the story. He shouldn't be an actor who's portraying the story. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anyway, sorry. But yeah. Slaughterhouse-Five, time it, is softening. Indeed, yeah. If, whenever possible, if I could find uh, an audiobook that was read by the author, that's my absolute favorite. Oh, wow, they do that? Yeah, yeah. There's, there's a bunch of uh, audiobooks that Stephen King uh, reads that I, I'm always a fan of, yeah. 
Oh, cool. Yeah. I mean, because, you know, his inflection is going to be what he thought mm-hmm. the character would be saying. Precisely. Huh. Okay. They are very high in the mountains to like, and definitely like crevasses are in, I, I've never gone mountain climbing this high, um, but that's creepy. Yeah. When all of a sudden you're mm-hmm. coming through the rocks because it's the wind. Ugh. Exactly. Anyway, um, but perhaps what the, that's what that who means. Who are you? Uh, where do you come from, Jay guys? From a place that no longer exists. Do you know the Bible? Jesus and Moses? Sure. The gunslinger smiled. That's right. My land had a biblical name. New Canaan, it was called. Sorry. <clears throat> I'd speak like the gunslinger. <clears throat> New Canaan, it was called. The land of milk and honey. In the Bible's Canaan, there were supposed to be grapes so big that men had to carry them on sledges. We didn't grow them that big. But it was a sweet land. I know about Ulysses, Jake said hesitantly. Was he in the Bible? Maybe, the gunslinger said. The book is lost now, all except the parts I was forced to memorize. But the others? No others, the gunslinger said. I'm the last. Um, we got a couple. Ooh, any changes? Yeah. That is, it's it's heavy, but we do have a couple of changes in there. Um, so basically, just changing it from it was a sweet land to just it was a, it was sweet land. So took out that a just for mm-hmm. uh, obligatory sense. Um, so and then we've got here's a a change. Um, let's see. Instead of the book is lost now, all except for the parts I was forced to memorize, in the new version it says, I was never a scholar of it and can't say for sure. So this feels like Stephen King is rewriting the lore of the world, kind of. So, like, for one thing, the people in Tull had the Bible because that lady was talking about it. So it's not like the Bible was lost except for uh, the gunslinger's memory that he is the last. So, well, uh, yeah, other but, people but have read the Bible. Tull, Tull is a part of this world that's in the, the softening. So maybe they're from a different time. You know what I'm saying? So, so for uh, the gunslinger, it was lost to him. But wherever the people from Tull are from, the man in black... Uh, I feel like we're in the softened desert world. I could see that. But, I mean, just saying the book is lost now makes it seem like it's been... There are no copies left. It's been destroyed to time. So I feel like changing it to I was never a scholar of it makes it seem a little bit more, a little bit less, you know, distant future and a little bit more just like, yeah, I don't know. So, New Canaan, land of milk and honey, is from Exodus, right? Right, that's, yeah. That's uh, where they were. They were headed the Moses, Moses, and the, uh, the slaves. Yeah, I think that's where they ended up with like manna in the desert and all. Well, after manna in the it, desert, but is is that what happened in the end? Did they actually? Uh, I think so. I think New Canaan was where where they settled. Yeah, and okay, where's that present day? Would you say? Is that supposed to be Jerusalem, is it, or is that supposed to be Jerusalem? Oh, that's I what I assume. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, Canaan and Galilee. So I don't know where Galilee would be. Right, but again, that's our world, and not whatever world Roland is from. Mm. <laughs> true, true. So in the new version, also he added, uh, but the- is it, I mean that. Sorry, that that's also assuming that the Bible is a work of nonfiction and not fiction so <laughs> well you know, i mean there, there, there are <laughs> there there are some uh 
signs obviously showing that that's some of the things from the Bible are definitely uh, true things, but they're you know uh, poetic license, I think. Certainly, certainly, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I would agree. Well, uh, it, regardless of the fiction, nonfiction status of the Bible, yeah, it's, it's definitely it's definitely set in our world, regardless. And regardless of, you know, maybe the, whether or not there were literally grapes this, that you had to move around in wheelbarrows, the, the I assume the geography is about the same. <laughs> Tomatoes as big as your head. <laughs> you got to see them. They're incredible. There, there is still an Egypt. So at the very least, we've got that landmark. <laughs> Uh, so yeah. Well, also talk, talking about grapes, it sounds like they're in a Mediterranean, uh, you know. Hmm. Area. Yeah, that's true. I mean, that, that's usually where that's it's, well, grapes grow in lots of places, but mm-hmm. Mediterranean is one of the. That's where the grapes will grow. Well, not as big thing. What is a sledge? Well, I, like a I, 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 sledgehammer. I was imagining like, like a, a shovel. I think a sledge is either it's either a sled or it's sort of like a wheelbarrow or like some combination of the two okay. or like a wheelbarrow without wheels with just sort of like like uh, like if like basically if you had the the bottom of a sled with the top of a, a wheelbarrow is sort of what I'm imagining. You, th- you think it's something you drag? Yeah, I think so. Like, yeah, I think like it looks like a, a shovel that you drag. Precisely. That's what I'm imagining. We may be wrong. <laughs> Um, well, and Jake's, I, I know about Ulysses. Was he in the Bible? <laughs> so, like, right away, it's like, which mythology do you believe? You know, like, exactly. what's wrong with, with Greek mythology? True. Yeah, it's it's kind of saying that, like, as time erodes things, the you know one story becomes just as real as another. Which, I mean, to be to be fair, I feel like Ulysses and Moses might be equally factual. I mean, the they're the, <laughs> they I feel like there what wasn't there a, a Trojan War? Uh, was is that true or is yeah, that fiction? Yeah. No, that that happened. There's, yeah, the uh, was. Uh, Troy versus Athens, and like that definitely happened. Like, the, um, uh, what was it? Because you could see it from two different points of view from Homer's point of view and uh, uh, Virgil, because he's uh, he wrote the Aeneid, mm-hmm. which is very similar to um, you know, the Iliad and the Odyssey, and so and like the Iliad is all about the, the Trojan War, but the Aeneid it looks at a I, th- I think it's the same characters from a, just a different point of view, from like the Italian point of view. Hmm. Like, oh, this is what these crazy Greeks and are doing over there. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I, I never read the Aeneid. I I never really fully read the Iliad either, but I, I know it a little better. <clears throat> Sorry, everyone. No, yeah, I would. Uh... I wish I was more learned. Well, <laughs> hey, there's no harm in uh, knowing what you don't know. Yeah. So yeah, good to know. Exactly. But yeah, I would. I feel like the the Ulysses reference is just sort of. Uh, I like that it's just sort of little kids like you know, random words that they pick up, and he's still not quite sure the his jumbled uh, Swiss cheese memory that yeah. he's got. Yeah. So talking about uh, new Canaan, um, <clears throat> it was a pretty your country, your land. It was beautiful. The gunslinger said absolutely. There were fields and rivers and mists in the morning, but that's only pretty. My mother used to say that, and that's the only real beauty, is order and love and light. Jake made a non-committal noise. 
<laughs> just sort of a mm. <laughs> mm. Yeah. great. So uh, some minor league changes in there. Uh, it was beautiful. The gunslinger said, "Full stop." Uh, there were fields and forests and rivers and mists in the morning. So just a little bit more visualization of it instead of just fields yeah. and rivers and mists. Yeah. Well, his land sounded beautiful, but yeah. was it ruled under an iron fist? I mean, <laughs> indeed, the the garden the a garden may be beautiful, but the gardener is going to kill any mice that come in into the into the garden. Mm-hmm. So yeah, the gunslinger smoked and thought of how it had been the nights in the huge central hall, hundreds of richly clad figures moving through the slow, steady waltz steps of the fa- oh the slow, steady waltz steps or the faster, light ripples of the polecom. Uh, so there, <clears throat> that one is actually in the original. So we have that's a, in the original. Yeah, yeah. So there we have some some vocab. Uh, so I guess it's just the name of the dance. Yeah. Here's oh, one. You didn't even ask me. Dang it. Oh, sorry. <laughs> I was gonna say. Well, well, Walt steps led me to believe that that was a dance. Yeah, true. <laughs> or the faster ripples of the polecom. Yeah, which which makes me yeah. think of polka. So I'm really hoping polka. that. Oh yeah, yeah. I'm really <laughs> <laughs> roll out right, the barrel. So in our adaptation of this, they will definitely be dancing the polka in a flashback. I really I hope it. so. Yes, <laughs> Roland is dancing to the accordion. <laughs> Weird Al makes a cameo. <laughs> Love it. <laughs> so this part is one of my favorites thus far uh, in this whole comparison journey that we're going on, because I think this is the first reference in the new version to Aileen, because systematically every single time in the from the old version to the new version, Stephen has taken out Aileen every single time, and it's just been Susan. Ooh. So it's it's. Okay, this one is in the original. In the original, yeah. Yeah. So, Aileen on his arm. Yeah, Aileen Ritter. Oh, do you want me to go? Uh, well, I'll just uh, yeah. say this sentence. You but, go. Uh, so this is from the new one. Yeah. Uh, this reminds me of there was, um, what is it, an episode of The Office where they're sort of, they're making a movie together and Dwight is like, my character is a robot, but uh, originally I wanted him to be sort of talk like this. But Michael said I should be a very advanced robot, indistinguishable from people. And then Michael's like, Dwight's character is not a robot. <laughs> but then at the very end, he's like, oh, yeah, I, did, I guess I did let him be a robot. Uh, so <laughs> uh, this part makes me think like, oh, yeah, I guess I guess he did let uh, Aileen uh, exist in the story. <laughs> but because um, I've just been imagining dark, like, no, there, there is no third, Aileen. No, no. Zero Dark Eye. No, what was the name of that? Uh, Threat Level Midnight. Threat level midnight. Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, we've got Aileen Uh, Ritter on his arm, the one his parents had chosen for him, he supposed. And that the one his parents had chosen uh, is a whole new thing. Just to, I guess, since we have we've taken out all of references to Aileen, it's just been Susan, 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 Susan. So we finally got a little bit of a just That's a, his true love. This is his betrothed. Exactly. Exactly. 2003 Stephen King was just like, yeah, I had a lot of plot threads that I was setting up that never really paid off. So I'm just going to cross off Aileen wherever I find her. But then at this part where he's talking <laughs> about this dance and everything, the the how beautiful it was in the central place and everything. He's like, eh, all right, he can have Aileen. Uh, Aileen will be his dance partner there. Uh <clears throat> 
So, and he gives just this one sentence description that is all you need to know about her. She was just, she was his betrothed. And so it says, uh, her eyes brighter than the most precious gems, the light of the crystal enclosed spark lights shining in the newly done hair of the courtesans and their half cynical amours. Uh, yeah, there was a little change from the original that it was uh, changing it from electric lights to spark lights. So basically just vocabulary. And in the original, mm-hmm. it was it was uh, making highlights in the newly done hair instead of just shining because, you know, uh, uh. more more concise wording, you know, tightening up the screws. Yeah, yeah. So the hall was huge, an island of light whose age was beyond telling, as was the whole central place, which was made up of nearly a hundred stone castles. Uh, It had been unknown years since he had seen it, and leaving for the first time, for the last time, Roland had ached as he turned his face away and began his first cast of the trail for the man in black. So there's another big change, unknown years, as opposed to just in the original it was, it had been 12 years. So basically ah. just a little bit more a little bit more mystery, a little bit more fantasy. We don't Roland doesn't even remember how long it's been. Uh yeah, you want to pick up from there? Alright, so even then, twelve years ago, the walls had fallen, weeds grew in the cart courtyards, bats roosted amongst the great beams of the central hall, and the galleries echoed with the soft swoop and whisper of swallows. The fields where court had taught them archery and gunnery and falconry were gone to hay and timothy and wild vines in the huge and echo oh my foot in the huge and echoey kitchen where hacks had once held his own fuming and aromatic court a grotesque colony of slow mutants nested peering at him from the merciful darkness of pantries and shadowed pillars the warm steam that had been filled with the pungent odors of roasting beef and pork had been transmuted to the clammy damp of moss and huge white toadstools grew in corners where not even the slow mutants dared to encamp. The huge oak subcellar bulkhead stood open, and the most poignant smell of all had issued from that, an, an odor that seemed to symbolize with a flat finality all the hard facts of dissolution and decay, a high, sharp odor of wine gone to vinegar. It had been no struggle to turn his face to the south and leave it behind, but it had hurt, but it had hurt his heart. So was yeah, there a war, Jake asked. Yeah, I'm gonna stop. Yeah, that's a good place. But yeah, I just love that just description of the 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 rotten fruit of what had once been this beautiful society, and now he's looking back, and it's all just dead. Wow. <laughs> um. So yeah, a few changes so I, in there. I, I read. I, I I didn't read forward too much, but I did see the name of the next. Uh, Thing we're going into and it's the slow mutants so, so this is our first mention of them right exactly so yeah in in all in capital letters slow mutants precisely yeah so it's it's not just that there's mutants that are slow but the proper term for them is the slow mutants so yeah it's it's, it's like i feel like almost from context you can kind of see that well there's a colony of them and they're grotesque uh so i guess yeah they're mutants they're what what is he looking back on? I, I, I missed the flashback. Oh, so the flashback started with him and Aileen? Exactly. So then, the first oh, step is just this this dance that was happening, the lights that are shining, the how beautiful it had been. Um, 
as was the whole central place, which was made up of nearly a hundred stone castles. So just a hundred castles, like a city of castles, that seems insane to me. castles. Yeah. So, and then immediately he just thinks of, like, going from the height to all of a sudden the last time that he saw it, when he's just... Yeah, Yeah, after the fall, yeah. Where, so... After the fall, yeah. Exactly. And we, we got a couple of subtractions in there. Um, even then, 12 years ago, the walls had fallen. So struck out the 12 years ago and just made it even then the walls had fallen. Um, and then, so basically, we just see the, like, birds have taken over. There's no people anymore. Um, ooh, there was yeah, this. It's, just, it's overgrown. Exactly. There's, there's this. It, it, like, I'm thinking of, uh, have you seen pictures of Chernobyl? Mm, yeah. At all? Like, like present day Chernobyl, like it's just like uh, nature finds a way. Exactly, Even nature after takes over. Man destroys it. Mm. Yeah, yeah. There's this book called uh, "The World Without People" or "The World Without Us" or something, uh, where mm-hmm. it kind of goes into stuff like that of basically the way that like nature will take over once humans disappear, and basically kind of the message is the world will go on, but humans will, you know, we're yeah, less we're important than it. the insects and the the fungus in, in this world but um so yeah mm-hmm. let's see so then later on we've got just sort of him going back and forth like court teaching them archery and falconry and then uh, just gone to hay and timothy uh, um, uh timothy what's that like a like a high grass kind of a dry grass i think so yeah like just a yeah stephen king uses that one a lot um I think it's just a type of type of hay or something. Um, in the huge, in the huge and echoey kitchen, just becomes in the huge kitchen. Uh, had once held his own fuming and aromatic court, just changed to had held his fuming and aromatic court. So just sort of like crossing off unnecessary words there. Um, yeah. But by the way, I looked up Timothy Plant and Timothy Oliphant came up first. <laughs> uh, Uh, But yeah, it's just a high grass. You've seen it all over the place. Gotcha. All right. So then uh, the pungent odors of beef and pork had changed to the clammy damp of moss. Giant white toadstools grew. So basically, A, we've got transmuted, changed to just changed. So simplifying the word. And then he's got two incredibly long sentences Two incredibly long yeah. sentences that are broken up into two, which I appreciate. Yeah, and then changes it to yeah. giant. Well, as white. I was reading it, it was it was it. When you read it out loud, you're like, "Oh wow, this is okay." Yeah, I need to focus here. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> the because I feel like Stephen King in later years becomes a much more thoughtful writer. That I, I feel like that's one of the best advice I ever heard. Is if it sounds too long when you're saying it, it's too long when you're reading it. Mm-hmm. That is a good piece of advice. So, so Jake says, w- w- was there a war, Jake asked? Even better, the gunslinger said and pitched the last smoldering ember of his cigarette away. There was a revolution. We won every battle and lost the war. No one won the war. Unless maybe it was the scavengers. There must have been rich pickings for years after. I wish I'd lived there, Jake said wistfully. It was another world, the gunslinger said. Time to turn in. Hmm. Boy, now only had a dim shadow turned on his. Wait, actually, let's talk about that just for a second. So True. he's yeah, talking are... about the re- the revolution of his land of mm-hmm. New Canaan there uh, that uh, that they alluded to before. Uh, 
And he's the only one left. They basically killed all the gunslingers, pretty much, right? Not only all the gunslingers, but I almost get the feeling that the gunslingers also killed all of the citizens. Like, it seems like... literally no one left. Yeah. Like, in this place of a hundred castles, the the only, like, the only survivor is just this one last gunslinger who, I guess, took down as many of the, the, like, uh, bystanders of New Canaan as as he could. Well, it sounds like a, like an allegory on war in general. Exactly. Um, that like, you know, if we just keep dropping atomic bombs, then no one will be left. How about that? You Precisely. Know, is, is that the world you want? Yeah, totally agree. <laughs> it, was an, it was another world, the gunslinger said. Another time <coughs> in the Age of Wonder. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> oh. So, so here's the last per- oh, Go ahead. I was just going to say, there's so, a couple of changes in there. Um, before we uh, go on a little bit too far, an odor that seemed to symbolize with a flat finality has changed to an odor that seemed to express with a flat finality. Just different word change. And then, um, so, and then after, I wish I had lived there, Jake said wistfully, Instead of where were we? Wish I had lived there. It was instead of it was another world. He still uh, in the two, in the new version. It says, "Do you say so?" I do. And then time to turn mm. in, Jake. So a little bit more of like kind of relating to each other a little bit, and also Roland using Jake's name. So yeah, yeah. <clears throat> <laughs> well, and and you said that before that like he took out. Um, the usages of Jake's name in like the narratives, but to add it into the dialogue mm. makes it more effective. I agree. You know, I totally I, agree. I, 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 I hear that. Yeah, yeah. Huh. Okay. <clears throat> uh, so from the original again. Uh, the boy, now only a dim shadow, turned on his side and curled up with the blanket tossed loosely over him. The gunslinger sat sentinel over him for perhaps an hour after, thinking his long, sober thoughts. Such meditation was a new thing for him, novel, sweet in a melancholy sort of way, but still utterly without practical value. There was no solution to the problem of Jake other than the one the Oracle had offered, and that was simply not possible. There might have been tragedy in the situation, but the gunslinger did not see that. He saw only the predestination that had always been there. And finally, his more natural character reasserted itself, and he slept deeply with no dreams. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love that. Uh, so yeah, we've got a couple of changes in there. Um, one of the first one is just grammatical. Uh, such meditation was a novel thing for him. So just taking out the was a new thing for him. Novel. Uh, I feel like that's tightening the screws. And then another one. Well, he's he's also coming off his uh, mescaline trip. So exactly. They're, they're saying thinking sober thoughts. Like he's like okay. Let's get back to reality. Well, what is reality? But mm. <laughs> it's certainly not taking mescaline and seeing things that aren't there. Yeah. You know? um, uh, yeah. So, yeah, so definitely. It's, it's a sobering moment for him with the, the meditative um, moments, you know, and really, you know, that meditation is important. Like you said before, this is an introspective section for um Roland, that this whole thing is like, where am I going next? What what is my true goal in all this? Mm. It's true. He's thinking back on what his world was when he was a child, how it was destroyed by war, but you know his purpose after that, after 
Because think about it, like, gunslingers, I always imagine sort of like medieval knights. Like, they're honor-bound to protect their king and protect the land that they live on. But then this one last knight is left over after the land that he's from has been destroyed and there are no people left. So his only purpose becomes... Find the man in black, find the dark tower. Find the man in black, find the dark tower. So that was just, I feel like that was sort of the the beginning of his quest. And then we get to where here we are with Jake and he he has seen a footprint of the, wait, do we, have we gotten there yet? I forget. No, we haven't gotten to ah, that damn yet. It. Uh, <laughs> spoilers. Ah. Uh, <laughs> but... All right. Well, they they're on the they're they're uh, tight on the trail of the man in black, and they sure are. He's he he kind uh, of this this next two sec next two sections are fantastic. I, I wish know. we had more uh, time. All right. Well, we'll save those for next time. But yes, both of us are very excited to get there. But in any case, so kind of. Roland is kind of thinking back. He's like, all right, he's thinking clearly of here's where we've started, where I started. Here's where I am now. I mean, do I turn away? This is the only solution the Oracle offered, but it's just not possible. And there's another change from the old version to the new version. Uh, the There was no solution other than the Oracle had offered and turning away was simply not possible. So the, he mm-hmm. wanted to change it from well, change it from a pronoun to make it more specific that what the the solution is turning away and giving up on this quest that you've been doing ever since you were a boy and this only purpose that you've found and but he's so stubborn that he just can't do it. He he's like all right fine. I know I have this innocent life with me but what I've said that I've been doing is more important than his life. So I have to keep on going. So I feel like it's sort of, I feel like it's this sort of Stephen King kind of saying that tradition for the sake of tradition is not as important as the people the tradition is for. So I feel like, Mm. yeah, that's, that's my thought there. Is it worth, you know, uh, protecting a village if you have to kill a bunch of other people in order to do that? And, that village ends up dying as well. I don't know. Exactly. Just, yeah, we had to war, destroy war the village in order to save it. Yeah. Uh huh. And then I, I've been watching a lot of. Uh, uh, <laughs> this is gonna sound weird, but well, maybe not. Um, I don't know if you watch Star Wars Rebels, Kev. Uh, I saw cartoon. like the first season. I, I haven't kept up with I, it, I, but it's really need, good. You need yeah. to watch the whole thing. I know. But the first season starts off. You know, it's a kid show. Yeah. You know, but as it goes on, like the it, it really get you thinking a little bit about the universe you're like oh my goodness how many people are you killing right now you know like every time like you you see a ship go down like it's like you just killed all those innocent people you know so like it makes you think those thoughts of of war in general of like wait who are we trying to save this war Mm, you know totally Uh, no, I totally yeah, agree with Rebels. you. Yeah, it's it's good. Check it out. I know. Sabine yeah. Wren is a very interesting character. True. Yeah, <laughs> I I just finished um, Andor, so um, uh, oh, Andor's awesome. Andor's awesome. Oh, and so uh, much that, more. That, I think that's for another podcast. True. But... <laughs> true. Save it for another podcast. Yes, but in any okay, case, so uh, let's, the mechanics. Let's of close war. this one up. Sure. Yes, the mechanics of war are freaking awful brutal and, yeah uh, let's just uh let's be peaceful everyone mm. and love each other that's exactly. the goal right yeah um so kev i guess uh next time we'll just go to the end of the oracle of the mountain finish up the oracle yeah. two sections yeah i think so and then move on um cool 
Uh, well, thank you all for joining us. You can uh, check out our Facebook page and whatever other websites and whatnot we Indeed. check out and create. We're called Chapter Brothers. Chapter Brothers. Um, there may be a YouTube my name page. Is Who knows? My name is Kevin Ackerman. Yeah. Oh, there. <laughs> uh, Kev, long days and pleasant nights. And may you have twice the number. Love you, buddy. Love you so much, brother. <laughs>